I'm Nathan and welcome to Stories with a Twang. Today's episode is called, I Work at a Small Town McDonald's. My manager makes us follow a strange set of rules. I think I'm in way over my head. Part 2 by Horror Junkie 123 So like I said, this is part two of a story that I read earlier called Follow the Rules. So that episode will be episode 59, so if you haven't listened to part one, go back and do so and I'll be here waiting for you when you get back. A couple of college kids stumbled in, trying to hide the fact that they were obviously stoned out of their minds, and retrieved a pickup order. I watched as they clumsily staggered out the door. One of them held it politely for a small old lady, an old lady wearing a shawl. She didn't utter so much as a thank you, but leading up to the register with purpose. I was exhausted, up well past my normal operating hours, so I had completely forgotten about the rules. Big mistake. The woman glowered up at me, face obscured from view. Her head covering was black as well as the rest of her outfit, not unlike a ninja you'd see in a movie. The aura she radiated frightened me, but not enough to release me from my sleepy haze. Hello, how can I help you? I yawned, lazily covering my mouth. The woman didn't move a muscle. She scowled at me, yellow reptilian eyes piercing my psyche and sending my heart into overdrive. Ma'am, would you like to order something? Nothing. The longer we continued our steering match, the more sedated I felt, and not just due to the lack of sleep. She had some sort of strange pull over me. I nearly nodded off, my mind wandering back to the instructions. Before I passed out, I muttered, Where's Tony? Suddenly, I was released from my trance and the woman was nowhere to be found. Like she had simply vanished into thin air. My eyes widened. That was close. Too close. I trudged to the sink and splashed some cool water in my face and poured myself a large cup of coffee. I knew it would probably keep me up well past closing, but hey, if it helped me avoid another incident like that, I was all for it. I had just finished dumping the dustpan into the trash when I felt it. A peculiar sensation crept over me like bugs crawling on the back of my neck. I was being watched. But from where? I sensed it coming from the drive-thru. I whipped my head in its direction. Empty. It shifted to the dining area. No one was there. I grew lightheaded and panic began to surge through my system. A breeze swept past my ear and I swear I could hear a soft, almost imperceptible voice whisper, Blair. I bolted to the office, slamming the door shut as quickly as I could. What was that? I paced around the office like a caged animal, anxiously waiting for something, anything to happen. After what felt like an eternity, it began to dissipate without incident. I sat there for a moment, contemplating if this was really the right career path for me. Was every night like this? I was snapped back to reality by static emanating from my headset. I ripped it off until the noise stopped. A bumbling male voice crackled through it. Hey, is this place open? He slurred, obviously under the influence. Yeah, yeah, what do you want to order? I was beginning to lose my cool. Between all the strange occurrences and the inebriated customers, my patience was wearing thin. I'll have a filet of fish meal. Coming right up. I made my way back to the kitchen and began preparing his order. Who the hell comes to McDonald's at 1.30 in the morning for a freaking filet of fish 
I grumbled, purposely dousing his sandwich in sauce. I served the man, hoping to be rid of him as soon as possible. Thanks. Hey, is that a kid at the counter? I turned my head and sure enough, there he was. A mess of blonde tangles and deep blue eyes peered at me from the register. I sighed. Yeah, I'll take care of him. Have a good night. A child. Unaccompanied in my restaurant. Just what I needed. I began to approach the counter when Rule 7 blared in my mind like a tornado siren. I froze mid-stride. Just ignoring Blair, it's almost two, you got this. I reassured myself starting my closing duties early. That was easier said than done. The child began wailing, shrill, high-pitched screams reverberating off the walls. He ran into the kitchen area, allowing me a full view of his tiny frame. The boy couldn't have been older than six. His Pac-Man t-shirt looked well outdated and he was filthy, as if he hadn't showered in years. He began tugging on my shirt, begging for attention. Please help me, lady. I can't find my mommy, he cried, tears streaming down his rosy cheeks. He was relentlessly pulling at my clothing. That was it. I'd reached my breaking point. If this child, monster, demon, whatever he was, planned on killing me, he could go ahead and put me out of my misery. I was done. Get out. Just screw off and leave me the hell alone. He immediately quit sniffling and straightened up as if I'd flipped a switch. Red tinged his striking pupils. Dread began sinking into my gut. A malicious grin blossomed across his lips. You made the right choice, he growled as he headed toward the exit. Weirdo kid, I mumbled, returning to cleaning. I finished up and waited around for two to hit, praying for a quiet, uneventful end to the first nightmare closing shift. Of course, my prayers went unanswered. I had a mere three minutes until I was supposed to clock out when I spotted it. A dark red, viscous liquid oozing from beneath the stove. Great. Awesome. Just what I needed. I filled up a mop bucket in the storage closet and began sopping up the mystery fluid. If it wasn't blood, you could have fooled me. A persistent copper taste assaulted my tongue every time I opened my mouth. I gagged, forcing vomit back down my throat. The stuff just wouldn't stop coming. On my third bucket full of sloshing crimson, I finally started gaining an upper hand. I mopped fervently as blisters erupted across my hands from the friction of the wooden handle. All the knot blood had been disposed of. I breathed a sigh of relief, careful to avoid splashing myself as I dumped the last of it down the drain. I'd done it. Take that, bitches, I win! I cheered as if I'd just claimed first prize at the Indy 500. My celebration was short-lived once I glanced down at my phone. 2.35 a.m. I bolted to the freezer, scooped up a couple of bags of frozen patties. I slashed them open as quickly as I could, hoping in vain that I'd be able to make it out in time. I dumped their contents on the grill, then turned to toss the packaging in the trash. My heart plummeted into my gut. A man stood before me. His black, dead eyes matched that of the small mask encompassing the top half of his face. Wispy red hair sprouted from his floppy hat. A matching tattered black and white striped uniform framed his features, accompanied by a dingy red tie dotted with images of burgers. He grinned at me, jagged rotted teeth sending a chill undulating throughout my entire body. He spoke, a rough gravelly voice shattering the sense of silence. 
Look, I know you're new here, so I'll spare you this time. But if I ever catch you in here this late again, I won't think twice about increasing my calorie intake. His wicked smile exuded a malevolent hunger that still haunts my nightmares. A wet, gray tongue wormed its way around his cracked, withered lips. I felt like a mouse about to be devoured by a rattlesnake. He scowled at me. What are you still doing here? Get out! I suddenly regained my mobility. I tore through the dining area and burst into the cold night air. The Hamburglar's soulless stare followed me into the vacant parking lot. I hurriedly locked him inside and raced to my car as a torrent of emotions flooded through me at once. Fear, anger, and confusion were all prominent on my desolate drive home. In the end, rage won out. I wasn't scheduled the next day, but I was determined to make that smug prick in charge at least give me some sort of explanation. I returned to the Golden Arches around four hours later running on zero sleep in a whole pot of Maxwell House. With fire in my eyes, I flung the door open and marched straight to Dave's office. Oh yeah, it was great. Had his car repossessed and everything. Oh, oh hey Blitz. Uh-huh. Yep, uh. For the last freaking time, it's Blair. B-L-A-I-R. Not Blitzen, not Blaziken, not Blakey. Blair. Dave furrowed his brow, mouth slightly agape. Yeah, Jim, I'll have to get back to you. He ended the call and furiously pocketed his phone. Do you even know who that was? I mean, why the hell do you think you can just storm into my office like this? No, you listen to me, Davy boy. I just had the worst night of my life. Every weird thing that could have happened, happened. And you don't care one bit. I see you've come acquainted with our more troublesome clientele. Yeah, I have. And I'm not dealing with that crap again. I quit. I hissed dramatically, slapping my hat onto his polished cedarwood desk before turning to walk out the door. Wait, 25 an hour. I stopped dead in my tracks. I reluctantly faced him. A sly, toothy grin was stamped on his greasy face. I molded over. That was almost double what I was currently making. I could have my college paid for in no time. When he's seven and you have a deal. You drive a hard bargain, Mrs. Blair. I accept, he said, extending his hand. I begrudgingly shook it, cringing as a sweaty palm gripped mine. I'm glad you were able to see reason. Welcome to the night crew. Alright everyone, that's it for this week's story. I hope you all really enjoyed it and I would like to give a giant thank you to this week's author, Horror Junkie123, for letting me read the story on the show. If you have a story you'd like me to read on the show, you can send them over to storieswithatwang at gmail.com. The show is on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at storieswithatwang podcast. It would mean an awful lot if you could rate and review the show wherever you listen and don't forget to share with your friends and family as well. It could really help the show grow. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and until next time, remember that a little twang goes a long way.